0: And now I will introduce today's special event. That late autumn right, the Grey Cup, finished with a glorious victory by the Calgary Stampeders this past Sunday in Montreal. Congratulations to the Stampeders and to all their fans in Calgary. 2008 has been a banner year for the Canadian Football League. Attendance was at its best, uh, that it's been in a generation, and TV ratings were way up. I'm sure Michael Landsberg will tell you that that has a lot to do with the excellent coverage TSM provided the CFL games this year, from the preseason through to the weekend championship game. 2008 is also a benchmark year for the CFL, marking its 50th year since its official inception in the form we now know and love. Of course, football has been played in Canada longer than Canada has been a nation. The game has changed a lot over the decades but what makes the CFL a Canadian icon remains the same. Football is Canada's autumn game, just as hockey is our winter game. And the Grey Cup was, until the days of the Dome Stadium, a competition between two teams and the weather. It's been a game of great athletes, heroic performances, wonderful and eccentric personalities. The next 50 years will no doubt feature even more great personalities and produce even more exciting memories as the CFL continues to unite communities across the nation. Welcome to our very own off-the-record session with TSN's Michael Landsberg and the Dynamic Commissioner of the CFL, Mark Cohan. I'll invite Michael to come up on stage and lead us in this discussion of why the CFL is such an important Canadian institution and what challenges lie ahead. Michael, over to you.
1: Thank you, Ellen. Thank you, Ellen. Let me make sure my microphone is on, first of all. Are we all hearing me around the room? Uh, I noticed that I got the introduction, TSN's Michael Landsberg, and you got the dynamic commissioner of the Canadian Football (laughs) League. That's why I leapt up onto the stage. Folks, uh, great to be standing here because as anyone who knows me, as anyone who's ever met me or worked with me, They know that I have a huge passion for the Canadian Football League, so to be standing here in front of you with all of you esteemed guests with these bottles of water sitting here, uh, I'd just like to say that it's a total thrill to be here. And I hope you enjoyed the six-hour pregame show on TSN leading up to this event that went all day. But of course, you guys have been in the room, so you didn't see it. There's no dignity to standing on a podium, I can tell you that, but I do feel loftier than I felt in a long time. And most of all, I'm here to say that this is the first event that the CFL has done that isn't being televised live on TSN since May, I believe. Although it is on Rogers, I noticed, so hello to folks that are watching on Rogers. Notice that it's on Rogers, not on CBC. <laughs> And just so you know, the, uh, the, panel that it, the part of the panel that is here will be doing a debrief on SportsCenter later on tonight. And apparently, Chris Schultz is already uh, disappointed in my mental preparation for today. <laughs> Folks, I pride myself, I pride myself on, on, uh, on doing something on Off the Record every day, which I believe is the most important thing about my job description, and that is to, to be tough on guests, to push guests for answers. That's what I have to do to be a... Uh, a <laughs> Uh, also, I pride myself on always getting the biggest laugh. So right now, you've set a certain benchmark with Mark Kohan, and you may pay for that later. On. Uh, but the truth is that I'm somewhat conflicted today, and let me tell you about some of my conflicts. First of all, I'm sitting here uh, with many of my bosses in-, in attendance, and we know that TSN is a sponsor of this event. So obviously, there is some conflict there. Uh, The CFL is TSN's biggest broadcast partner, so I'm feeling some pressure to make Mark feel comfortable. I'm a lifelong CFL fan, brought up virtually on the Toronto Argonauts, so I feel a responsibility there. And uh, Mark, of course, is Jewish, and so am I, and is part of the International Zionist Conspiracy. um, I've agreed never to be as tough on Jewish guests as I would be on non-Jewish guests. by the way the international zionist banking conspiracy not going so good now uh... but i so i got a little plan here mark is going to sit here and i'm i'm going to sit here or wander around so when i'm asking him the basic questions that we've we've prepared um, I'll be standing here in front of him. But when I move back and I touch my right ear, that's when I'm feeling sort of some energy and some juices going that would indicate that maybe I should push him a little harder. So Mark won't be able to see that, but you can. Of course, uh, we're here at the Canadian Club, not far from the first ever Grey Cup, which was played in 1906, I believe in Rosedale, although no one that I know was actually there in Rosedale. Uh, and of course, the last Grey Cup was uh, just played uh, two days ago uh, in Montreal, phenomenal results. and. We're going to roll a quick video to show you what a phenomenal season it was.
2: Game on, season on.
1: We are underway. A toss to the end zone. A one-handed catch. What a catch. And the catch is made by Jamel Richardson. The
3: human highlight film strikes again. That's a one-hand stab in the pigskin. Did he catch it? Oh, he did! Sensational! And Cahoon again! And Copeland got it! A remarkable catch
2: for Jermaine Copeland! Everyone knows Jesse lumpston is fast. He just showed faster. the
3: touchdown!
2: You may have thought you were fast in high school. I don't know, he did catch him. Over the middle! Steagle, that is the record breaker. All hail to
1: the new king. You are looking
2: at the greatest receiver who has ever played
1: this game in Canada. And move over, Danny Mack. There is a new number two on the CFL all time yardage list Anthony Calvillo.
2: Get really looking for everything for Robbie Bryant.
3: Joseph pulls his own number. It's go! You gotta love that! Did he catch it? He did! He
2: caught it! It's a touchdown! Can you believe this catch? Unbelievable! <laughs> An unbelievable win, folks! That's the Canadian Football League. And the 96 breakup on TSN
3: underway from Olympic Stadium. And it hid hawk home. It's a
4: pleasure to la to the Calgary Stampeders.
2: And the man
1: that planned it all from start to finish, choreographed the entire season, wrote it up for us actually in advance. Uh, let's hear it for the commissioner of the Canadian Football League, Mark Cohan.
4: Okay. Is my mic on? Yeah. Uh, your mic is I on? I didn't tell you. I had my bar mitzvah in this room, actually. You had? Yeah. You had. <laughs> I've grown up, huh, Mom? <laughs>
1: Was anyone else in this room invited or not invited like I wasn't invited? <laughs> Sorry. Mark, good to see you. Good to see you. So you have now presided over two great cups. Yes. Right? Last year in Toronto, this year in Montreal. Um, the first question framed in a sort of lame way, which was, they were obviously both outstanding. Which one was slightly more outstanding?
4: I thought this was a puff interview. Uh-uh. <laughs> oh, well, that's the easy part and, of the question. And, and Howard Sokoloski, the owner of the Argonauts, right. there, So, uh, Howard. <laughs> so <laughs> who was a host last year of the Great Cup. Uh,
1: probably would have got a bigger round of applause last year, considering yeah. the season.
4: Wow. Um, I love the
1: Argos. You know that, right? And... So let's talk about Montreal this past weekend and last year in Toronto. Each one particular, each one has its own flavor, right? So
4: finish this statement. What I love most about Montreal this year was? Uh, The 66,000 fans. It was unbelievable. It was the stadium, the second uh, highest attendance at a Grey Cup in the history of this league, which is almost 100 years old. So it was amazing. So somehow in Montreal they made
1: 66,000 fans sound like 120,000 fans. (laughs)
4: No, no, no. This is, a, this is a game that we control, so we control any dial, okay, <laughs> any, okay. any sound. So
1: finish this statement then, Mark huh? No, I haven't touched my okay. ear yet. Uh, I loved the game last year in Toronto for a different reason, and the biggest reason I loved it in Toronto was? Uh, it's my hometown. So no. what you're saying is these guys didn't do anything really memorable.
4: No. You just, you, you just yeah. because it they was They threw a great job. party. You know, it was actually interesting. So the last time the Grey Cup was in, in, in Toronto was 15 years before. People were saying Toronto wasn't going to be a great host. Uh, but people came in here, and, and these guys threw an amazing party last year. I mean, if you went to the convention center, there were tens of thousands of people partying for five days straight. So um, they, they showed that, the, that, the, that Hogtown, you know, can have a good time.
1: So here's what I want to know. You turn the Grey Cup over to the various Grey Cup committees. Have you ever thought that you'd like to have control over it? Because, I mean, Montreal did a great job, everyone feels, and Toronto did a great job, but it's possible that when you turn it over to someone, they might not do a good job, right? So have you ever thought... We would like to have control of it the way, say, the Olympics controls everything that goes on.
4: We have talked about it. Uh, I know my tenure right now won't happen uh, in my five-year contract because I know where they're going to be. Um, but it's something we're considering because then the way the Grey Cup works is actually is the revenues, um, they buy it, a team buys it from us, uh, and then the team controls the revenues. If we did it... If we control it, then it would be but that's
1: risky right because, yeah. you, because you guys you're staking your reputation. it's the biggest event, it's the most exciting time, and you want it to be done right. Yeah. so you're, you're turning something over that's really well, important. I'll,
4: I'll tell you this. I actually think Toronto set the standards Montreal. You know, really raised it, and I think Calgary next year... So Montreal year is better than Toronto. All right, okay, let's move on to the next topic. Well, the they, can- spoke, they speak two languages there. So, so how do you tougher. become
1: commissioner of the Canadian Football League? Because clearly there's not a university course in it. Clearly, if it was a course, it would be a community college course. But So how, how does one get a job as commissioner of the Canadian Football
4: League? Uh, interesting. I'm actually, you know, I think I actually have the best job in the country. Uh, I work for Major League Baseball for uh, five years promoting baseball with Paul Beeston here, who's uh, the president of the Jays here. Beeston, good to see you. Um, Ask him. uh, uh, Hold on.
1: Ask him. He can't hear what I'm saying. Ask him how long he's going to do the job. Because if if I ask him, it would be inappropriate. But you can because you're the commissioner.
4: I can, but I don't want to put him on the spot. Um, He's supposed to put me on the spot. Okay. That's right. Um, And uh, then I worked for David Stern for seven years at the NBA. Mm -hmm. Uh, Was he as controlling as people say he is? Yeah. He's a tough boss, but he is one of the smartest guys I know. Um, and, then I re- and then I moved back to Toronto about five years ago. My wife and I really decided to make a decision. You know, I grew up here. I left the country in 1985 to go to university. My parent, my Northwestern University in, in Chicago, where you yeah. were born, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, my, parent, my parents were immigrants to this town from a little village called Chicago. And... Uh, um, you know, we decided uh, when we really wanted to come back and, and think about where we want to raise our family, we decided to come back to Canada. So we chose Canada, and then I you know, started my career here, and then uh, the, the, they came knocking. Actually, it, w- it was Howard who I first met when they were looking for a new commissioner. So it's all Howard's fault. <laughs> so when they came knocking on your door,
1: yes. um, you obviously would have had a preconceived notion of what being the commissioner of the Canadian Football League would entail. Yeah. What did you think?
4: Well, I mean, it's interesting. I know the league was going in the right direction. You know, the league had some challenges over the years, and uh, it really started to move in the right direction. And I thought, what a great opportunity really to serve the country because this is an an institution that uh, is almost as old as our country, and there is a special bond, and I saw that special bond every Grey Cup. Um, So I thought, you know, why not do it?
1: Feel free to applaud to (laughs) that. So you took over this thing called the Canadian Football League. Can I wander,
4: too? Can I wander? Can you what? Can I wander, too? I have to sit here. Oh, you say
1: I'm wandering. You don't think there's any purpose to this? This is all being choreographed and planned, right? So it, it gives me this one moment when I'm behind you that I can roll my eyes and then get to the other side and be very respectful. So you have this thing called the Canadian Football League. By the way, does anyone else not have a tie on here? I'm just wondering if I'm the only one over the age of 20 that doesn't have a tie-on. Does anyone else here in a good seat not have a tie-on? Canadian Football League. Break it down for me, what it means to you. Sort of a little word association here. Canadian.
4: Well, as I said before, I mean, for me, uh, being Canadian, I think probably the proudest moment for me was my first year at the Grey Cup. Um, and I heard them sing the national anthem, and it brought, it really did bring tears to my eyes. It is... I'll go back and look at the tape. Yeah. Were there actual yeah, tears in your yes, eyes? Yeah, little, a okay. little water. Um, you're not supposed to say that if you're a tough, you know, football league, but it was amazing how it made me feel. Um, it made me feel proud to be a Canadian, um, and that's when I think about, uh, when I said about serving the country, I think this role is part of, part of that. Football. Football. Wow. Um, I'm actually going to think about the power of sport, um, I worked for the NBA, and I had this amazing experience when I worked at the NBA. I had the opportunity to go to Africa with Dikembe Mutombo. Um, Dikembe is a 7'2", um, all-star player uh, from from Zaire. We went down to South Africa together. And uh, this really taught me about the power of sport. Dikembe and I um, went to Soweto to a village, small little, you know, the township there, to teach kids about playing basketball. You know, we pulled up into this uh, village. Um, you know, it's, it's sort of a... A, a dusty field, a soccer field, and a basketball court. There, we're spending six, seven hours under the sun uh, while he's teaching the basketball, uh, the kids basketball. I remember this little kid pulling him, uh, pulling his his shirt, his jersey at the end of the day, and he said, "Dikembe, will you come to my house?" Well, we went to their house, and the house was as big as this stage—a um, tin roof, some cinder blocks. You know, Dikembe dips in, walks in there, and. Uh, as, we, as I followed him in, all of the, no, no running water, no sewage, nothing, all the, the decoration in the room was of NBA players. Um, it was unbelievable, some, from magazines and from newspapers and some, some clippings. And at that moment, I realized that sport gave people hope and gave inspiration and brings people together. So when I think about football, I think that's what our teams do. That's what our teams do. They give the inspiration and that uh, feeling of hope of community, and that's what I think about football. <laughs> but did you not
1: think he actually sounds like Cookie Monster? <laughs> Dikevai Muchumbo? A little bit. Were Just those the biggest feet you've ever
4: seen? 23, size 23. I mean, that's a big foot. A and big then foot. the okay. last
1: part of CFL, which league. would be league, which I think would be your greatest challenge.
4: Ah, yeah. I mean, I, I, when you talk about league, you know, if you look it up on your BlackBerry, um, and you, By the you way, this through, is the
1: furthest I've been away from my BlackBerry in a long yeah. time.
4: well, we have someone from BlackBerry <laughs> here, too, Dennis Galvin. Uh, thanks for coming, Devs. Um, uh, you know, the concept of League is to unite, to bring people together, and uh, I was never more proud of that this weekend and really last year in, in Toronto. Um, the Grey Cup is one of those things that brings people together. They ask me, people ask me, Commissioner, what do you think of, of the Grey Cup means for our country? And I respond by saying what Canadians are, say, are saying. Canada Day this year, there was a, there was a poll, an Ipso Read poll. And the poll asked 5,000 Canadians from across this country, from Victoria to St. John's, you know, what are defining events for this country since the birth of our nation? And Canadians said Confederation Day. They said Vimy Ridge. They said World War I. They said World War II. And number seven was the Grey Cup. Um, so this is one of those things, when I think about League, that really unites our country. There was an amazing thing that one, one fan said to me when I was at a bar the other night. I'm tired because as commissioner, you know, you work hard during the Grey Cup, but you're allowed to go to bars, too. It's, so it's, I'm, a little, I'm a little tired. So but you I've checked been, the rules in advance, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. It's, in the, it's in our Constitution. Right. It's part of it's known the... As the Jake Qadar rule. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> and uh, this, this fan came up to me. He said, I come to the Grey Cup every year because it is the opportunity uh, for me to see Canada. And what he was saying was, it's not the opportunity to go to different cities. When he says, I see Canada, the the people are the landscape. So when you go to a Grey Cup and you're sitting in the stadium like the Big O and there's 66,000 people, that's the landscape of Canada. And I think that's what the league means. I think personally, we have to knock
1: off Confederation. We can take them. We're
4: not taking the bridge. We're not taking World War One or World War
1: Two. But Confederation yeah, is all news. Yeah, so exactly. I think We can, we can move do it.
4: Number seven. Okay. Well, hopefully by the end of my tenure, we'll we'll, we'll move up. So
1: one of the things that—I that, mean, this is not about me. This is about you. But when I, when I mentioned, um, when you get up on a stage like this, folks, you almost always say something that serves you well, right? You—you you know, if you're hosting an event for a charity, you tell people that you think it's the most important thing in the world. But the truth is, when I mentioned the Canadian Football League for me and the relevance to my life. That that the CFL and the Toronto Argonauts growing up were uh, outside of family and religion, and maybe slightly ahead of religion, um, the Toronto Argonauts was literally the number one thing. And I still to this day remain a huge Argonaut fan and a huge supporter of, of Howard's, who I believe along with David Cinnamon, have, um may not have had great results this year, um, but have put together a model franchise. And that, I want to I ask you about that, the importance of Toronto and Hamilton, uh, to a certain extent, um, for the health of the Canadian Football League.
4: Oh, I mean, it's, it's really important. I mean, there was a lot of questions at the Grey Cup of Me this year um, about that. Uh, you know, I'm sure you'll ask me about the NFL, but that was part of the, the discussion. This is the first time, you know, listen, uh, Howard and David, when you think about Toronto, uh, since, the, since you guys bought the team, they've been in the playoffs every year. First year, they're not in the playoffs. So this is the first time in the history of the league uh, that there was not an Ontario team in the playoffs. The history of the league. So yes, it did have an impact on us. It, it hurt our TV, our TV rating numbers a bit in the, during the semifinals and the finals. So it really shows how important Ontario is. But you know, just to give you an example, the, the Labor Day Classic between Hamilton and Toronto had three quarters of a million people watching that game, uh, 826,000 people at, at the peak audience. And it's just an indication of how strong and what a rich tradition in this market uh, football is and the special place that the Argos have. Listen, I've worked for Major League Baseball. I've worked for the NBA. Um, you know, I think there's a special place that the Argos have in the community. I think there's a real sense that they are a community team. So for those teams to be strong uh, is important for us in Ontario. And I guess I
1: guess, the biggest thing for you as commissioner who's just said that uh, strong Toronto franchise and Hamilton franchise is important is the fact that you have solid ownership in both cities. Um, and If you didn't, perhaps this year would be more of a concern. Yeah,
4: and I think that's, you know, that's... I'd love it if you
1: disagreed with me. No, Ah, I I, I agree.
4: I agree. The reason why I agree, because people ask me, you know, hey, when are you focusing on a drug policy, what what type of things? The League in the past had challenges, you know, had some other issues. The fact that we have stable owners and we have a long-term relationship with TSN allows us to focus on new initiatives that that can really expand this League. Wait a sec. That's what we're
1: doing. You mentioned drug policy? Yes. Did you say, when are we going to focus on a drug policy? No, I said... Does that either. make this, turn? Is that, make that turn? a turn? Does that make an admissible uh, questioning now? Yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, I've opened okay. it up. I've opened You've it up. You've opened it up? <laughs> when will you have a drug policy?
4: Um, we are doing our collective bargaining agreement starting next year, and by 2010, I'm confident we're going to... What do you think of Wada's
1: comments way. on the weekend when they came in and said that um, it was somewhat embarrassing that the Canadian Football League was the only major league in North America not
4: to have it? Uh, listen, I, I'm... I'm I understand those comments. I've sat down and spoken to Dick Pound about it. My first month on the job, I actually called Dick Pound to say, we want to do this. The way we're going to do it is part of our, our CBA, and it's going to happen in 2010. that they
1: sort of keep your friends
4: close? And... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Uh, and also,
1: you mentioned, uh, you said I was going to ask you about it, uh, and I was kind of on the fence because it, it remains a very difficult question for you, but the Buffalo Bills uh, and their game a week from Sunday in Toronto. How much of a threat is that to you, um, to your league, and to the Toronto Argonauts?
4: Well, here, I'll say one thing. I think we have 100 years of tradition, and one game is not going to affect that. So I'm comfortable with just one game. Uh, if it moves beyond that, I think we have to be concerned about the health of our Southern Ontario teams. And that's a clear indication of what you know we saw uh, on TV, that the importance of the Ontario market. So if anything is going to jeopardize that, um, the CFL as we know it, um, will be a much different place. And guys, go to the Grey Cup. You, you, it's amazing. It is an emotional experience if you haven't been there. Even if you're not a football fan, uh, you will connect with this country in a way that you've never connected before. Uh, maybe when you backpack through Europe and you put a, you know, you put a Canadian flag on your backpack. That's probably the only time. Uh, but it really is a profound experience and we've got to make sure that we keep that experience going. So, you know, if if someone
1: supports that game, Uh are they kind of two time in the CFL?
4: I I don't think so because we actually, the research shows that 50% of football fans, of our CFL fans, are actually NFL fans as well. So I'm not going to come down hard on if there's any people that are going to be going to that game. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, Um, our job is to make sure that Buffalo is successful in Buffalo. Well put. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Now, there may be some crotchety old men that take offense to that, but who cares? And the economy. Yes. Uh, before we're done. Obviously, uh, it's a challenge for everyone in this room professionally. It's a challenge for everybody in this room personally. Um, the Canadian Football League, the environment is very different now than it was even two months ago. What's the plan?
4: Yeah, it, it has changed, and, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about this. I've met with uh, Governor Carney. I met with uh, Bank of Nova Scotia, with uh, their chief economist, and, Listen, we are, we are cognizant of what's going on around us. You know, there's a real challenge for the companies that are supporting us. I think the one good thing about the CFL is we are affordable, we are very accessible, and we really play, as I mentioned, that, that part of the fabric of, of the communities. People will be nesting now. They'll be staying home more. They'll be watching more on TSN, which I think is, is a good thing for us and good things for our partners. But there's a couple of things. We're seeing people doing renewing their season tickets um, we find during tough times. If you go back to the Depression, actually people went out to sporting events a lot more than they ever did in the past. So I think uh, we're being aggressive with ticket packaging as well. But we also have, new, like this week, I announced Purilator's renewing, Nissan's renewing with us. We're not with one of the big three, so we're kind of lucky. Um, and I think Canadian companies really are rallying to us. So um, we are cognizant of what's going on. We're guardedly optimistic, and I think we're just going to be aggressive. And I think if you're aggressive during this time period, we well,
1: do. will you? Do you have the opinion, um, and would you share this with your, your member teams, that maybe they should address their markets specifically and, and reduce prices to, to address this beforehand as opposed to afterwards? Is that the kind of thing
4: that you well, would do? Well, it's interesting. You know, Bud Sealy came out and said, you know, don't raise your prices. Uh, the NFL is lowering their, their uh, playoff pricing packaging. Um, we're sitting down with all of our teams and actually talking about pricing packages. But I don't want them lowering their prices because once you start lowering your prices, it's hard to, to raise them. Anyone in business understands that. So I think what we're really doing is being much more aggressive about here's a package. You know, Do a bundle package or uh, you know, let's throw in some free parking and food, some incentives that get, get fans out there. But again, a family of four can go to a game for 100 bucks. It's a lot different than uh, you know, going to uh, an, an NBA game or a, or a hockey game.
1: So we did this little segment at the end of Off the Record called Next Question, and I thought since you and I are doing sort of a mock Off the Record, we should do a mock
4: Next Question. I'm standing for this one. Um, So I I have compiled just off the top of my head a handful of questions. Does everyone know what this is like? This is this is tough. Uh,
1: (laughs) What makes it tough? Uh, We'll we'll see what the questions are. (laughs) Uh, So if you want to take a pass, you'd say Next Question. Okay. Uh, But Tom Wright never did. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He was right in my face. Ask me anything you want. Uh, and Tom's not here. <laughs> Are the two related?
4: No. Okay.
1: Uh, next question with Marco on. You've been to Siberia and Saskatchewan, right? Because you took a group of students to Siberia. I did. It's called research,
4: Mark. Which one's colder? Uh, Siberia is definitely colder.
1: You were a zookeeper. Is that important quality uh, at a board of governor meeting?
4: Uh, it, it depends what's on the agenda. <laughs>
1: You work for Major League Baseball and the National Basketball Association. Who runs a better league, Bud Selig or David Stern?
4: Uh, Stern. Absolutely Stern. Sorry, cool. Paul. <laughs> I, think of, I think of all the guys you've got to apologize to. Uh, yeah. Paul's not one of them. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not... I'm not uh... <laughs> I'm not going back to work at Major League Baseball, so it's okay. <laughs> Sandro DeAngelis,
1: kicker for the Calgary
4: Stampeders, 5-for-5, five
1: five, including a 50-yarder that really put the game away, was nominated for Outstanding Special Teams Player, afterwards was super angered that he didn't win it, and he mouthed off.
4: Did that bug you? Uh, someone should have told him how to, you know, be, uh, be humble in winning. And, yeah. Uh, Schultz, Schultze, <laughs> Schultze, did, did Chris: will you tell him uh, to be humble? Yeah, yeah um, you know, uh, if his parents are still around, I'm going to have a chat with his mother. <laughs> Did it bug you, Matt? Did it, it bugged everyone here. Yeah. So let's move on. Uh,
1: will you go to the Bills-Dolphins game?
4: No, no. Well, I'm going to be, in, oh, my wife, I'm going to be in New York. You're right. I will not be going. Oh, <laughs> really? Uh, thank you, Suzanne. Woo! <laughs> 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 yes. So let the record Thank you. That. We're not going to the Jets game either.
1: <laughs> so let the record show that Mark's wife tells him whether he can go to sporting events. of uh, 1 to 10, how entertaining was the Great Cup game this year?
4: Oh, um, you know, the 66,000 fans were very entertaining. I'll give it an 8.5. <laughs> you know that a dog barking
1: is the ultimate sign. <laughs> Uh, Theory of a Dead Man did your halftime show. I won't ask you to name one of their songs, but could you?
4: I Yeah, I can. I actually have them, and I have them on my iPod, don't I? So Happy, Santa Monica, I have them on my iPod. I'm sorry? You, so, uh, yeah. okay. so that's so let, why they
1: so, played So let like the record show that not only do you tell Mark whether or not he can go to sporting events, but you tell him how to run his business too. <laughs> uh,
4: So if you want an act next year for the halftime show, just speak to Suzanne.
1: (laughs) I won't even ask you their lead singer's name. I I won't ask you their lead singer's name. Next question. Okay. Uh, Do you think the Montreal Alouettes pumped in crowd noise? No, because for the Grey Cup, my office controls. Do you think the Montreal Alouettes pumped in crowd noise for the Eastern final? No, because we control that as well. Next question. (laughs) Your dad is uh, the king of McDonald's Canada, right? Uh, Wendy's is your biggest sponsor on TSN for sure. You're at a food court and all you have is Wendy's and McDonald's. And you're really hungry. And you can only go to one place. Where are you going to go?
4: Yeah, Yeah, the will. Yeah, do I want to stay in the will? Uh, Next question. Uh, Who is your favorite member
1: of the CFL on TSN panel?
4: Man, I can't. I can't. Uh, you guys are all great. But Schultz is the biggest, so, you know, you know i gotta be, I got to be nice to the big man. But I didn't answer that. I didn't answer that. Though. No, no, you
1: did. You picked uh, Chris Schultz. Let the no, record said, show.
4: No, because he, he's bigger than me. Well, so is Dunnigan. So let me so, ask
1: you this. Who's got a stronger arm? Ryan Williams? Arm? Who's, no. <laughs> did you see
4: Matt's throw?
1: Yes. Who's got a stronger arm in your estimation, Henry Burris or Matt Dunnigan today?
4: Oh, Matty. Uh, did you guys see this throw? It was amazing. He was in his suit. The end of the... The end of the broadcast, he's in a suit. He gets up from the panel in a suit, throws it 60 yards down the field to Glenn Suter. Perfect, you know, perfect spiral. Well done. (laughs)
0: Let
1: the record show that Mark Cohan thinks that a 45-year-old man can throw the ball harder than Henry Burris. (laughs) How old are you? 48. Uh, You always appear calm. Is it true that you took the Mike Lisko school of anger management?
4: (laughs) Uh, Next question.
1: (laughs) Uh, Currently, there are eight teams in the Canadian Football League. I'm going to pick a random year, say 2012. How many teams will there be in your league? Do you guesstimate? Uh,
4: There'll be nine. Nine.
1: And where will that team be? Uh, Ottawa. What was your favorite CFL touchdown dance this year that the Stamps uh, did? The rock band from the Stamps, the Stamps curling although we know Jews don't cool, cool, (laughs) and uh, the Blue Bombers, Duck, Duck, Goose. What was your favorite? Oh, Duck, Duck,
4: Goose was a good one.
1: On a scale of 1 to 10, how mad were you at the uh, Canadians for retiring Patrick Waugh's jersey Saturday night before the Grey Cup in Montreal?
4: There was a game. I didn't didn't know there was a hockey game that night. Did it bug you a bit? (laughs) Uh, Because it bugged Larry Smith a whole lot. bugged Larry a bit. uh, Yeah, they could have found another night. Friday, Saturday,
1: Sunday, cumulative, how many hours sleep would you have gotten? Whoa. Whoa. Suze, you were there. Um, Six. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, a total of six. And look at you standing here. Did
4: you go to the Maxim party? I did. Was your wife at the Maxim party with you? She was. (laughs) She wanted to stay later than me.
1: (laughs) And finally, uh, to get through the weekend, did you, Mark Cohan, the commissioner of a league with no drug testing, take performance enhancing drugs? Did you enhance enhance your
4: performance at all? Diet Pepsi Max. How about that? (laughs) Thank you
1: Thank you.): Thank and, uh, <laughs> Good sport. Good sport. Great guy. Uh, as I said, that uh, some of my employers and coworkers are here from TSN, And uh, you know, it's, it's a great partnership, I know, but uh, I think I speak for a lot of people who work at TSN, that we look at the CFL as a gift to us. And we handle it very carefully and we consider it really precious. Yeah, you guys did a great job.
2: We did.
4: Yeah. Thank you. So what I'd like to do uh, now is um, take over for one second. Um, At the beginning of this year, we um, sat down to really start to think about what this league means to the country. Um, We started to think about what are the truths about this league that it's accessible and it's uh, it's participatory and it's really part of the fabric of this nation. And uh, we developed a new campaign called This Is Our League. It's not about a a reaction to some outside force. It's really about what the League stands for. And we put together a video, a four-minute video, that really talks to um, what this League means to our nation and that special bond between the two. So to wrap this up, uh, this is our League video. Enjoy.
3: This is a league of A's and B.C.'s, it's green and red and gold and black and blue. This is a league with two official languages and many unofficial languages. It's East versus West, Prairie versus City, Wheat versus Iron, Latte versus Tim's. Love versus hate. It's one hundred ten yards long, sixty five yards wide, over one hundred years old, and born yesterday. It's a league of ice. of fog, of mud, and wind, and for one Sunday in November, it's the nation's gloom. This is a league of fast, and crush, where there is no safety in the sideline. And everything can change in a blink. This is a league where superstars are extraordinary and ordinary at the same time. Where you can reach out and love a running back and they love you in return. This is a league of mothers and fathers, sons and daughters, and your 42 new adopted brothers. It's a league where you do more than cheer. You belong to the Eskies, the Tabbies, the Owls, Bombers, Boatmen, Stamps, Riders, and Leos. This is a league as diverse as a country. A league of Jacksons, McQuongs, Johnsons. The Moscas, Verchevals, Campbells, and Conikers. A league of Steagles, Zambiazis, O'Shea's, and Haji Razulis. This is his league. His league. His league and his league. Her league. Her league. Their league and their league. It's my league. And it's your league. This is our league.
2: Good afternoon, I'm Ken Tannenbaum and as a director of the Canadian Club, it's my privilege to extend our sincere thanks for everyone in the room for what was a terrific and entertaining and inspiring and enlightening uh, conversation about our league. Really terrific, so thank you. As you heard, next year's Grey Cup game will mark a century since the first two teams battled for the chalice back in 1909. That year the University of Toronto varsity team knocked off the Ottawa Rough Riders on the way to the championship game at Rosedale Field beating up a squad from Parkdale and taking home the newly made $48 cup. Since then Lord Grey's venerable cup has been dropped, sat on, lost and stolen but it still shines as the holy grail of an annual rite an autumn festivity that brings our immense nation together like no other icon can. Canadian football has evolved over the decades from its amateur rugby origins and has seen many challenges along the way with many glorious moments. It will continue to have a look far downfield for ways to tackle future challenges and to improve. Canadian football is a great game, and with it, Canada is a greater nation. Thank you to all those men and women um, who have been a part of the game, but all those men who have punted, passed, and handed off the ball down through the decades. We know the best plays are yet to come, and we're fortunate to have Commissioner Kohan at the helm of our CFL. Thank you, Mark, Michael Landsberg, and the team at TSN for sponsoring today. Many thanks.
0: Thank you, Ken, thank you, Mark, and thank you, Michael, and thank you to all of our guests for joining us today at the Canadian Club. This concludes our television programming, which will be broadcast on Rogers TV, and this meeting is now adjourned.